Hey, what's up, podcast? Today's episode is with Metspiration and Metspired, aka Dr. Nav. Him and I are going to be telling you guys how to start a 501c3 nonprofit organization and how you will be able to impact communities or a specific community or help even a country in Africa like Dr. Nav did. There's so much practical advice in this episode. You know, we break it down starting off with Dr. Nav's story and what it was like for him to impact the community in South Africa. We also later on talk a little bit about leadership and we dive into some of our personal experiences with building an organization. There's just so much practical advice in this episode, a lot of stuff that I think many of you will be able to relate to and even find some inspiration from. Also, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Audible. You can get a free audiobook if you're somebody who likes to listen on the road. This is an amazing opportunity. You can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial of Audible by going to www.audibletrial.com slash beyondmedicine. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from. You can download them to your iPhone or your Kindle. Again, that is www.audibletrial.com slash beyondmedicine. Also, we have another great sponsor, Metalita. Metalita has been my go-to for the last two years, guys. They're a company I trust and whose products I truly trust. They make the best scrubs, the best jackets, and they are the only company that I trust when it comes to medical apparel. So if you want to get 20% off your next purchase from Metalita.com, you can use the discount code BEYONDMEDICINE20 at checkout. Now, let's get into the episode. Dr. Nav, what's up, brother? Dr. Rami, how are you? <laughs> Good. How's it going, man? It's a pleasure. So we are talking about how to start a nonprofit and how you can use that to help communities. You are the CEO and founder of Metspiration. You guys have over 200,000 followers on social media. You are impacting communities like crazy. You have an awesome mission and you are just killing it, man. So proud of you. Just for our audience listening, give us a little bit of background about you and what Metspiration is. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. So my name is Nav. I grew up in California. I actually just yesterday finished my fourth year of medical school, cleared my boards. I'm applying to residency in September. Uh, I founded Medspiration in my first year of medical school. So uh, it's been quite the journey. It's been four years. And throughout the process, uh, we've been able to inspire millions and just reach every country. You know, And that's it's something that it's not to be taken lightly because we can create a lot of change through that. So uh, contrary to popular belief, there are advantages to going to a Caribbean medical school. Um, I used to meditate outside um, my medical school because we had an ocean there. And one day in my first year, the idea of Medspiration came to me. And that idea was something to be shared with the world. So as things grew, our goal became advancing the human potential, improving the quality of life, and raising the consciousness of the human species. Those are our core tenets for our mission. Um, and it really just started giving back. So, you know, doing small fundraisers anywhere just for small things. So I could give you like an example. You could you could find the coolest cafe or coffee shop in the city that you're located in. Uh, you could talk to them about doing a fundraiser or a partnership. And we were doing this before we even uh, – became an official nonprofit, right? So uh, so you could tell them for every bag of clothing or a box of diapers someone brings in, uh, they get a free cup of coffee, right? So cost of the shop is almost nothing and the return is great. So people will bring stuff just because you gave this idea out. And then um, once you do that, you can find women, children, shelters uh, who need clothing and diapers so you go distribute them out and that's kind of how it really just got started just small changes where you know you go into your local community and you see oh this this community really needs this you know and finding a creative way to collaborate with local businesses and just uh, people who are willing to help and most people you realize are good people they want to help you mm -hmm. know so that's kind of how we got started and uh, it just it went viral because of our social media presence so I was always writing posts um, on the mind, the body, the spirit, maternity, nutrition. Um, and those were always linked to something inspiring that someone could infuse into their life, right? Mm -hmm. Like we all have a human body. We all 
uh, have a mind, we all have a body, and we all have a spirit. And you know, exercising those three uh, creates a lot of balance, right? So anything I learned in medical school, I would always find a way to write that down and just give it to the world. And you know, we got featured on Business Insider because of that, the Doctors TV because of that, and ABC News. Um, so word spread through our social media content and what that actually did is it opened up a space for me to be really creative with more fundraisers, right? So I became a win-win because it became a, it became a creative outlet for me to give back to the world and for us to be able to create great change. Amazing. And so Metspiration is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, correct? And you're, you just came back from a mission to Africa, which was awesome. I, you know, was staying up to date with all of it. So cool, man. You, I could see like the little kids you guys were, whose lives you were uh, affecting in such a positive way. Tell us a little bit about that and what you guys did and, um, you know, what the money you guys have raised was able to go to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, again, very blessed through our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, because uh, we reach over a million people a week. So a lot of people, when we're, working on a project, they kind of come to us. For example, we're talking about South Africa. Uh, that project came to us, so there's an emergency medicine doctor by the name of Dr. Leo uh, from South Africa. He reached out to us. He direct messaged us on Instagram, and he was like, hey. like It all goes I'll down in the DM, man. <laughs> it does. It really does. Because, you know, so he, he asked us, he's like, hey, I've been a part of Doctors Without Borders. I've done a lot of nonprofit work. So out in South Africa, the doctors actually have to do a year of nonprofit work as a part of their residency training. Um, so, you know, he reached out. He's like, hey, like I came from a really poor background. The kids here, they don't have food, water, electricity, shelter. And I was, I was just wondering, what can Medspiration do for us? And that, that's how it literally started. This was two years ago. He sent us that message. And, you know, our board, we kind of started discussing. And we're like, the, bi the big thing there was uh, once I talked to Leo, he's really intelligent. He was like, hey, I want you guys to do something that's going to create a change, not just for a few months, but like years or decades. You know, like we and he suggested starting with either water or agriculture because um, – Unfortunately, I never really knew what it was like to see a community that didn't have the prevalence of food, water, electricity, and shelter. This was one of the first times in my life, and I've, I've traveled to India and various parts of the world, um, where they literally didn't have those things, right? So, um, and coming from the States, you know, that's that's a huge opportunity for us because we, those are normal things to us, and, um, you know, because that's a normal thing to us, I feel like we can we have the resources to be able to make that normal out there, right? Mm -hmm. So um, long story short, we decided as a board, we voted that it would be a clean water project because our nonprofit's pretty small. Uh, we're, we've only been alive for four years. So this was something that we could take on and it wouldn't have much overhead. And uh, once, we, once we started, we realized, okay, like what does this community center need in terms of water? Um, what they what they required was water tanks, which are water storage tanks. So, and this this is very simple. Basically, they didn't have places to store the water that they would get from neighboring villages uh, mm -hmm. and the local municipalities. So, what they were doing before we got there were they would have gallons. Like, I mean, you know, this is a water bottle, but they would have like a gallon, a jug, they call them drums, mm -hmm. and they would carry water for miles. And that's how they bring water back and forth to their community. Wow. Yeah, it was really heartbreaking to even think about that because, you know, we could go to a local convenience store and get water right now if we really yeah. needed to. You know? Yeah, so, it's something we totally take for granted here, 100%. Definitely, definitely, yeah. So we, um, once we found that out, we got in touch with some plumbing companies out there and, you know, it didn't cost much at all. We fundraised about, three four thousand dollars and um the water storage tanks two twenty five hundred liter water storage tanks cost us less than eighteen hundred dollars but what 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 we did for this community was priceless because they went from they would go five to six days without water right and now they have running water every day mm. and we really have to put that into context because think about that you know it's like eighteen hundred, nineteen hundred dollars. That's 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 not that much money in the long run. But if you could see the amount of change it can make in yeah. a third world country, uh, it's just very humbling. It's very very humbling. Yeah, wow, that's amazing, man. Um, 
It's so it's so interesting that you brought that up. How such a small, you know, eighteen hundred dollars can have such a huge impact on a community like that. Bringing them water, which is such an essential part of life, and you know, something we completely take for granted, uh, you know, in a first world countries. I just want to acknowledge you for that, and uh, you know, thank you. That's amazing, man. That's awesome. So. I'm 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 wondering can you give us a, a specific example of something of an experience you had while you were there that really might that might have just changed your whole life perspective or affected you profoundly because I can imagine going there interacting with these kids you know being touched by a community like that just changes you can you give us one specific example 100% yeah the first thing that comes to mind is the lady, her name is Lija. She's the one that started this community center in South Africa. So the community center is in the outskirts of Johannesburg, South Africa. And uh, it's a township. It's an unofficial township. So basically the people there aren't documented, nor is the city actually documented. This is just people that stay there until people tell them to leave, you know. And the lady who started this community center about 14 years back, Lija, um, she is from Mozambique, which is up north. It's just north of South Africa, and there's a huge Portuguese population out there. So she's Portuguese, and she moved from Mozambique to South Africa. When she saw the poverty um, in this place, it's called Barcelona, um, she knew she had to take action right away. And what she ended up doing was she would just she started making food in her home. And she just started offering it out to people. And slowly but surely, this actually inspired other moms to just come over to her place and start making food together to feed more people. And, you know, 14 years later, they started a soup kitchen that feeds 500 people uh, every Saturday. And these people, 500 individuals, they're mostly mothers and children. Uh, most of the children are orphans. They don't have a mom or dad due to various circumstances and you know they'll walk miles just to get fed and that small intention of her just wanting to feed people if you got to see you know the fruition of her staying consistent with that that was incredible and one thing she said to me it just changed my life she said she didn't have her first pair of shoes until she was 16 and i personally had a pair of shoes before i could walk you know so uh it just showed me that you know I practice gratitude every day. Albert Einstein said, be thankful. Uh, he was thankful 100 times a day. That's, uh, that was something he put into practice. But for me, even having practiced that, I had never thought to be gracious for my pair of shoes because I never thought, hey, there's people that are barefoot for 15, 16 years. And that was something that was just life-changing. It was very humbling as well. Yeah, absolutely. Perspective is so valuable. It's everything, man. Uh I went on a trip to a medical trip to Mexico and I still some of the things that I saw there the experiences I had there to this day you know when I think back to them I, I still it's I'm still affected by some of the things I saw uh so can you tell us how this has impacted some people um you know specifically just having the clean water yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the children and the mothers, obviously, they use water for everything. And I never realized how many things we use water for until you realize what happens when water is missing. For example, from January to June in this place in South Africa, uh, the prevalence of diarrhea um, is really high just due to fecal-oral contamination. Yeah. And um, so that seems all fine until if you don't have water, you know. So people who have diarrhea that don't have access to water, they're going to de- – become so dehydrated that they're going to die. And this is this is actually something that's prevalent out there. So, you know, for us to get running water all the time, it hydrates all these kids. And even when that diarrhea comes around, they're going to stay hydrated, right? They use that water for cooking. They use it for the agriculture out there so they're able to actually plant more crops. So, I mean, it's kind of limitless how many different ways that it actually helped the community. And uh, that's that's got to be the most inspiring thing because you know we take all those things for granted every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Nav, what are what are some of the benefits to obviously as you stated, you know, the impact you can have in people's lives? But what are some of the other benefits that come from starting a nonprofit? Yeah, I mean, one of the biggest benefits I've realized is you know even scientifically they've they've realized that people 
who give, they feel happier than mm-hmm. ones who are just always receiving 100%. things, you know, and I'm always, I'm always asking, I'm always praying, like, Lord, allow me to give more than I take every single day, right? And I guess in the physical world, there isn't as much uh, benefit, as much as there is benefit inside. I know that when we're able to give uh, without, you know, any ties, just, just giving because that's, that's doing good, uh, it creates such an abundance of happiness and it allows for opportunities like this, you know, like you're, you're a physician and we're doing this podcast right now. And, you know, South Africa had a lot to do with that. So it actually opens up opportunities for us to talk more about what's going on in the real world and how, you know, we as creative minds can come together to be able to help. Right. So yeah, that's one for sure. I'm so, I'm a hundred percent true believer in that what you give is what you get, you know, and it sometimes the more you give, it comes back just 10 times in return. A hundred percent big believer in that. And, uh, you know, I hope, man, I, I really hope more great opportunities come to you, man. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Um, so real quick, who do you think should start a nonprofit? Who is this for? Can anyone wow. start a nonprofit? Is this like how big of a time commitment is this? What does it take to do something this profound? You know, there's obviously yeah. a lot of leadership that's involved. You know, tell us a little about that. Because, you know, the behind the scenes, we don't really hear so much about, you know. Yeah, definitely. Well, the thing is, anybody can start a nonprofit. Like the example that we talked about at the beginning, like even if you're not trying to officially start a nonprofit, which requires if you're in the States, you know, you got to incorporate your organization. And then once you're, and that that might take a little bit of time, but to get your 501c3, it it takes years, right? And you Mm kind of have to show how you're making a change in the community for the IRS to acknowledge you as like a public charity. Can we go into that real quick? How How does that work? Um, a lot of paperwork. So back in my before I took step one, so mm. about it was four to five weeks before I took step one. Um, you know, I had been working on our five hundred one c three paperwork. Where you know, if you go to the irs.gov website, it actually tells you all the things you need to become a public charity mm. and to be a five hundred one c three. And for those that don't know out there, what does five hundred one c three mean? That that gives you the ability to anybody who donates, they can write that off in their taxes. So, for example, large corporations in the United States make a lot of money. They also have to pay a lot of that money back in taxes, but if they donate some of that into their favorite charities, they don't have to pay that to the government because they're showing that they're doing a greater good and service by funding nonprofits. Now, once I found this out, I realized, God bless America. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, there's, there's, there's capitalism and there's greed, but then there's like a window that just funnels to the nonprofit sector, which – um, you know, is incredible for those who are really trying to create a change. Like it allows us this window and opportunity for, you know, big corporations and individuals who are wanting to invest into something if they have money to do so and they get to see real positive change happen. So mm-hmm. that's what a 501c3 is. But back to your um, original question of who is, you know, founding a nonprofit for, I realize, um, and I can't speak for everybody. I can only speak for myself. Like I always had a deep yearning to give back to the world. That's kind of why I went to medical school. And that's kind of why I want to become a doctor is because I always wanted to be able to, you know, do something in this world that would provide meaning and benefit more so than, you know, getting money and like, you know, achieving success and all those things. And, um, it kind of happened effortless for me, but for the, it's not for the faint hearted. Uh, for me, I was putting in so much work. The only thing is, this aligned with like my vision for myself. So like I was doing it every day and I, if I have to measure hours, like I know I work more than 40, 50 hours a week for medspiration. And that's while being a med student and yeah. while studying for boards and it, I kind of just, those are my breaks. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So, um, and you mentioned the leadership aspect, like see one thing that I would love to tell everybody out there is you, know, you don't have to be a great leader to start something because like when I started it, like I had no idea what leadership meant. I had no idea how to be a great leader. I just knew I had something good to give and I just started acting on that every day rather than just sitting there and waiting, you know? And, um, through the action, through the dedication came opportunities to fail. So, the opportunities to fail actually taught me how I could actually become a great leader, you know? So none of it just happened and like you're, and I'm not a great leader still, but I am no, I think student. you are, man. I think you are. I gotta uh, well, give you I'm credit. I'm a student. 
Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. And I guess one way to stay humble as a leader is to always remain a student of the game. Absolutely. You know, so uh, as as we progress, as we grow as an organization, that's probably the biggest thing is, you know, anytime I'm always looking at what we can improve on, you know, like the good things come and those things are either there to stay or they'll leave. But either way, like the it's usually the bad things and the failures that we could learn the most from. And I can tell you that I've failed more times than most have even tried. And that's that's part of the reason our nonprofit is successful. But for anybody out there who just wants to genuinely create a little change, like just getting out in your community and starting is is the first step. Because mm-hmm. if you just start doing that, the rest starts falling into place as you remain consistent. So that's a piece of advice I'd love to share. I love that you said that because some people, they think that they, you know, maybe they have some preconceived limitations that they are not fit to run an organization or to do something like that. But really, I love what you said. It starts with the intention. And when you're clear on that and it's it's a pure intention, everything else will grow from there. And, you know, same thing with this podcast. For me, it just started off with this intention of, what I wanted to do with the podcast. I didn't know all of these other things that I was going to have. To, I didn't even know how to start a podcast. I didn't know how to press record. You know, but from the intention, you know, things fall into place. And you just got to stumble. I think I think sometimes we plan too much or we get caught up in the nuances of things. And like, you know, instead of just trying things and failing and then learning as you go stumbling into things i think the faster you can do that the better off you'll be instead of waiting to know everything just dive into whatever it is start with that intention and start just baby steps you know baby steps so dude i love that you said that uh Um, if i could just cut cut because i just love that you know uh So success is a process, you know, and like the failure is what makes success real. Um, Since we're on the the topic of intentions and, you know, you said you're starting a podcast that's very successful and I look up to it in many ways. Thank you, man. Um, We're getting there. I'm hoping so. Yeah. No, just stay consistent. We know (laughs) how it is. Just uh, trust the process, right? So. For, for me included with Medspiration, it started with an intention. And one of my greatest heroes, Oprah Winfrey, she talked about how she started one of the greatest talk shows in human history. And she said herself that the biggest thing she had to get right before the show became such a success was her intentions, right? And she made her intentions bigger than herself, right? So, And this is a big deal because her intention was to raise the consciousness of the human species through the Oprah Winfrey television show right and she felt like that intention was bigger than herself and it was to help others right and Mm -hmm. because it was to help others what ended up happening is she could build great teams she could build a team of people who are willing to work for something that was bigger than themselves too right and if you're going to found something if you're going to start something actually having the intention of it being for the world yeah to give to the world to benefit the world that that intention if you just follow that with action every day it's a matter of time before you're successful dude i love that so much uh one thing i've noticed is just from my passion towards you know this podcast my it's just like i genuinely believe in it and believe in what i'm doing and from that energy i've noticed that people feed off that because from the little things that you can't even conceive of where it's like the way you talk about something, that passion that you have, you know, people love that. And they believe when you believe in your vision, you can get other people to believe in your vision as well. And that makes them want to become part of it. Because, you know, naturally, people are going to gravitate towards that, especially something pure, you know, if you're not doing it for the right reasons, people catch on to that, they know people are so so sensitive to that, like they can sense non authenticity or non genuinity. Mm Uh, so it's something I try to keep really pure as successful as this successful as this podcast could ever get. One thing I want to make sure is that the intention never, the intention never changes and it's always pure. Um, because number one, that keeps me wanting to do this and excited about talking to people like you and also helping people because I want to help people, you know, better their lives in whatever way. And there's so much expertise out there. There's so many people doing great things. There's just an abundance. And 
I also want to build that relationship of trust between me and my audience where mm -hmm. they trust, they know that the information I'm going to get from you and others is genuine and pure and it's going to help them better their life. So when they come back again and they come back again, they know that he's going to do a good job of bringing me the information that I want to hear. And so keeping that attention and attention as well, intention and attention. Yes. So you have to keep that attention there as well. Uh, you pointed can, out such a good win-win there like that. And I've noticed this as a cycle, right? If you get that intention right and your attention comes to that and you put that into motion, what happens is you actually inspire others. And that's, for example, this podcast, anybody who's listening out there, if they're able to take in what you said and they reach out to you like, hey, like I want to be a part of the team or I just love what you're doing. It actually feeds your fire. It yes. actually makes your vision and your intention come more into life, right? And Absolutely. if we do it to help people, you create a cycle of win-wins where it's just collaboration mm -hmm. and greatness, you yep. know? And that's just, it's so beautiful like to think of that because yeah. that's everybody has access to that. Yeah. We could go like on such a tangent right now and just get so philosophical because you know I'm all about the Deepak. <laughs> you know, yeah, Deepak Chopra. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I want to stay. I want to try and stay on topic. Hey guys, thank you for tuning into the podcast. We're gonna just take a second to talk about this great promotion from our sponsor, Metalita. They know what it's like to have a hectic schedule and not very much free time. That is why they are offering a free at-home try-on. So if you're not 100% sure of your size or your style, you can easily order multiple things from their website at metalita.com. You can try them on at the comfort of your own home. You can keep what you like, return what you don't like, or if you want something embroidered, you can have it sent back to get it embroidered. All done with shipping covered by Metalita, and this is 100% risk-free. You can also get an additional 20% off by using the discount code BEYONDMEDICINE20. Now, back to the episode. So let's go back to how to start a nonprofit. You know, square one, you know, just starting off, like I have this idea, I want to start a nonprofit. What are the first, first steps it takes to get there to kind of just roll, get the ball rolling? That's, that's excellent. Yeah, so that, that goes back to what we were mentioning earlier where, you know, you don't have to have a plan. Like you don't have to write out a plan and be like, oh man, I have to follow this up every day and like this is the plan, right? It's more get involved in your local community. No matter where you are, there's a need for something and there's someone who doesn't have something, right? So just us being analytical in that sense, like wherever you live, like whatever is necessary there, try to find a creative way to help people. And that, that's kind of, that was step one for me, right? Like once, once I saw that we had that in place, then the idea of, you know, like this should be like an organized thing came, you know? And like once we had the action going, um, and sometimes it's not even your idea. So the coolest thing is, is like if you just have this intention to help and you're just reaching out to people, people give you the ideas. And, you know, they want to be a part of the idea and then you just do it all together. You know, and that's the goal of an organization is kind of to, you know, to organize how we can do that, right? So for, for me, that was the first step, just getting out there and actually doing things, uh, whether that's even if you're in medicine, right? Like you could get a bunch of pre-med students to start doing uh, blood pressure checks and, and you know, blood glucose uh, pricks on people at, that are at a grocery store and just having a physician there on site to to counsel them, right? Mm -hmm. Like, hey, like blood pressure, why is blood pressure really bad for you? And, you know, counseling on you should quit smoking, simple things. But even that, like, you know, you reach 100 people in that day, you might change the course of somebody's life, mm -hmm. you know, just in doing that, right? So that was the first step. And then the second step became actually incorporating. So we're, we're based out of Chicago, Illinois. Um, and it's really simple. Our Secretary of State, uh, the Jesse White um, Secretary of State, that's who he is, um, you go online and you're going to apply. Uh, it costs like $150 uh, to be able to apply and just kind of tell them your mission and like what you want to do and that you want to incorporate it. And, you know, within usually the same day or the following day, uh, they'll, I mean, if it's true and you're actually doing it, then, you know, they'll approve of it within the next 48 hours, depending on if it's a weekend, right? So, um, and then once that happens, for I can only speak from my experience. I can't really say, hey, this is how it has to be. It was more just that's how it worked out for me. But you know, finding a team. So I have a mentor. He's very successful, and he told me one thing I'll never forget. It. He said, 
I know the most intelligent people in the world, and they, some of them have failed, even though they were the most intelligent people in the world. And I was like, why? He was like, because they can't build a great team, right? So, so what, what I learned and what I really took from that was, okay, well, team building, I need a team around me. Like, as, no matter how intelligent, no matter how many ideas I have, I can't get them out into the world unless I have people's support, you know? So uh, lucky for me, as I was going through my journey, our social media was getting really big. You know, and like we had people reaching out all the time and I would just tell people, hey, like I'm going to be here at this time. Whoever wants to come, I'll be there, you know, and people would show up, you know, and the, but those people who would show up were genuinely interested. Yeah. So um, that's how it happened for me. I, that's how I found our board members. Like we have a few medical doctors on our board. We have nurses on our board. We have medical students on our board. And it's kind of just been people who reach out to me and now we're expanding so you know once we got our 501c3 and all that interns interns so like we're having pre-med interns who you know it's a it's a great cv builder for them to work for a nonprofit and to do something great in the world and it's a great way for us like we don't we're not a rich organization we're building we're just we're brand new you know so for us having help from like pre-meds who are really really trying to help that that means it's priceless to us you know yeah. so and as long as we convey that message to them and we let them know like, hey, like, um, you know, you and I as physicians, we have a lot of mentorship that we could give to pre-meds and med students yeah. just because we've been through a lot of that. Right. So yeah. um, for me, infusing mentorship into the organization, it came naturally. That wasn't the plan. It's just, you know, no matter who came to be a part of the team, if I had something figured out, I was I was always open to sharing that with them because uh, it would help our organization and it would help me, right? So yeah. that's the team building aspect was really, really big. So that that was one thing that hundred hundred percent agree too. Um, same thing, uh, you know, same thing with me. You know, number one, I think you're absolutely right in that nothing can be done alone. You need a team to help advance your vision. You know, nobody can do everything on their own. There's no way I would be anywhere near as well off with this podcast as I am right now if it's not for my partner who has been uh my my partner in the podcast who's been you know running things on the back end making the content and you know now we have a content team and now we also you know are getting some pre-meds involved and you know the thing is is that when people become part of your team it's almost like I want to like the fact that they reached out and want to help me and our my organization and our organization makes me want to provide that value like provide value a hundred times more back to them because you know if they're gonna take that time like I want to offer that mentorship and that you know like that value that they're not gonna get anywhere else and that provide those opportunities for them as well and I think when you come at things with that attitude like I always want to give more than I'm getting just like you said earlier. And that's just a foundational part of being a good leader. You got to be able to provide value to people more than they're going to give you, you know, and that's just got to come from a purely just like natural place. You know, that's just how I feel about that. You know, I want to give if they're already just, you know, taking that step like I'm already invested in them, you know. Amen. Yeah. Um, Same. Same exact thing here, man. <laughs> I think we're getting some, we're conveying some really good things through this podcast because we're talking about building a nonprofit, but we're also bringing in a little leadership and philosophical things, which is also Absolutely. potentially valuable. Um, but I want to also talk about Metspiration, the brand is so cool to me. You know, you're met, you know, the brand speaks, you know, so you have your logo, you have your idea, mind, body, spirit, advancing the human potential. And, you know, like, how do you get to that point? Where does that do, like, what can people do to get to that idea, you know, get that vision written down and really start, you know, getting itching closer to that? Because we all have ideas. We don't know how to express it exactly in the perfect way. Even for Beyond Medicine, that's been my biggest challenge. Getting my entire thoughts and ideas for my intentions getting them on paper and conveying that in an eloquent way, how, you know, what has been like your best piece of advice for that? That's, that's a great question. So for me, again, it became just 
doing the subtle actions, you know, every single day waking up and, you know, say you just got this idea called Medspiration and you, you find out no one's ever called something Medspiration before. That's what happened to me. Yeah. Um, Which is a great I name, always, by the way. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, you know, I had a lot of people always telling me, even before med school, um, that, hey, like, you're really inspiring, like, the way that you talk about things, mind, body, spirit. This was something that I was into well before med school. It was something that, you know, I was always exercising. I was once an athlete, so I was always telling my parents, you know, mom, dad, like, your body is your temple, too. And my parents pray a lot, but, you know, sometimes they wouldn't exercise. I would just tell them, like, you know, spirit is one aspect of exercise body is one aspect of exercise and so so is the mind you know and so a lot of these things just came from the things i was doing in life and the things that i was passionate about so it wasn't really sitting there and like being like okay now the idea is going to come it was more so you know once the name came to me then i was like okay all i have to do is on my macbook create a folder called medspiration so that's the first step i did just Medspiration. <laughs> and then what I would do is every day I would do one thing, you know, just add something in there, something yeah. inspiring. And that that's what led me to, you know, blogging. That's what led me to start writing about all the things I was passionate about. And as I started doing that and just building that folder every day, these ideas or the way it was branded, it, it kind of was a result of what I was doing, right? And mm-hmm. that's that's one thing. I think that's a great piece of advice because a lot of times we just want to sit there and think the ideas are going to come. But, I mean, for me, I could speak for myself. The ideas came from just doing yeah. and then reflecting, like taking time to, you know, be alone and really reflecting on, okay, what have we brought? What are we really doing? Is this lining up with what I really – like what my initial intention was? And you'll notice if it aligns with that initial intention, then effortlessly. And if you you're talking about Deepak Chopra, one of the seven spiritual laws of success yep. is effortlessness, right? Yep. Yeah. Effortlessly, those those things will come if if action and intention is proper, right? So the law. What was it? The law of least resistance, or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, that's another one actually. So, yeah, we. I mean, we can get into. Uh, we'll, we'll get into. This is gonna be another one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, another podcast. <laughs> uh, all right, yeah, totally agree. I'm gonna mention something about starting off this podcast. It took me a really long time. Not a really. It's taken me like six months or of planning before I even got off the ground with Beyond Medicine, which was too long to be honest. But I will say that I was everything was itching slowly you know like I would do like it started off with one day just thinking of the name beyond medicine I kind of had a vague idea of what it was going to be all about I went on Fiverr for five dollars I had someone create a logo for me it was just the logo I'm still using by the way it was a five dollar logo from Fiverr (laughs) Uh, literally nothing fancy I didn't spend five hundred dollars on a logo nothing fancy uh and then I loved it. I was like, yeah, this is it. This is it. And once I had something tangible, like, I was like, okay, it's like, okay, here, here's like the vision here. I can put a little something to it. Let me build on that slowly. And then I started getting more ideas, started talking about it more, starting writing down more goals. And you know, a big thing that I did was that I asked a lot of people for help and for opinions and for feedback constantly. So I went to people who I trusted. I'm going to shout out one girl, Ulta. If you're listening, Ulta, you know, she helped me get like, because I'm not good at being organized, you know, or getting my thoughts organized. So I knew what I wasn't good at. And so I seek those people out to help me get good in those areas. So she helped me get my thoughts out on paper paper get my purpose out my why my how my what and start you know thinking about things more directionally and more focused that was a huge step for me for you know as far as getting this thing rolling and then it was like the little steps you know uh, actually getting the equipment researching how to do things then practicing you know doing a practice recording for the podcast Figuring out how I would get guests, you know, things like that. It was just a very slow build up until, and I had setbacks along the way in my life that I, I've talked about before. But you know, I have had things that I had to take a step back from, take my attention off the podcast to really focus on finishing med school and then matching into residency. Um, and then after all that, and then finally after I was, I felt comfortable and really into where I was. I felt like, 
like I just zoomed right into things like now like the podcast just taking off um but I, I love that you mentioned that I just wanted to mention a little bit about my journey into that thank you no that teaches me a lot too so I appreciate you sharing that yeah man yeah it's uh it's crazy how these things start off but yeah just little steps totally um, hey you mentioned one thing tangible having one thing that's tangible like yeah. for me I'm, I'm really big on that right because uh once i had like the name you know then i've made the folder and th- that, then i had a place to always go back to and then i always had a place in time where i would put my time towards that right and like uh having something tangible kobe bryant um who's right over here on my apartment <laughs> but kobe bryant says something very similar and a lot of great humans they have a very similar characteristic in this so kobe bryant uh he would talk about uh the black mamba so he created a superhero version of himself right what? so i i didn't know that yeah yeah so i personally did the same thing i know what black to- mamba is but i never knew that was what it was yeah, so the Black Mamba is one of the deadliest snakes in the world. And what he ended up doing is he said, like, there's, like, many aspects of life. So he's a father, he's a husband, you know, and he's a basketball player. So for him, when he would be playing basketball, when he's practicing basketball, he wanted something tangible to be able to turn on. So then he knew what zone he would get in, and he'd be in that same zone every time. So that's when the Black Mamba was created, and, you know, the Mamba mentality was created. And what was this? So every superhero, they're basically the best version of themselves, right? So for him, he was like, okay, this this tangible detail, what I'm going to do when I go to the basketball court is I'm going to be the best possible version of myself when I'm practicing and when I'm on the court, right? So he knew tangibly he could turn that on whenever he stepped on the basketball court. There's many other examples of this. <laughs> Lily, Singh. Lily Singh created Superwoman, right? And now yeah. she – when she performs, she goes into Superwoman, right? Beyonce, she she calls it Sasha Fierce. That's her superhero. So when she's a when she's performing, she tunes into tangibly Sasha Fierce, and she turns that on. For me, Medspiration. That was, and it it provides inspiration through not just like the avenue you think, but for me, Medspiration is for me through medical school. So when I would. When I would be struggling with step one or struggling with step two CK, which are the board exams for the United States Medical Licensing Exam, um, you know, getting down on myself, me always knowing that I had a tangible superhero inside of me, I would just turn that on and be like, nope, you know, this is a job that Nav Nav can't do, but you know, there's nothing that Medspiration can't handle. So you know what, I'm gonna turn off Nav now and I'm just gonna let Medspiration shine and watch me shine through any obstacle that comes in my way, right? And this this tangible detail in life, it could be applied all across the board and when it is, you will access the best parts of yourself and bring into light the highest vision of yourself. And that's also possible for all humans out there. I Honestly, I didn't know this, but I've been doing that I'm going to share something that's kind of weird, but <laughs> so I've been create I've created like this, like ultimate version of myself in my head that like I revisit and like think of myself, like I'll like close my eyes and like think about myself like as the ultimate version of myself in 10 years and like what that looks like. And like when I close my eyes, it's this dude, it's pretty ripped and bald and wearing a white shirt. And like driving like a cool, like a pretty cool car, wearing sunglasses, and then also wearing a white coat and like helping a bunch of people. And then just like, I just like just walking confident, walking clearly with purpose. Like, that's just this dude that I imagine when I close my eyes. And I get so inspired when I do that. I didn't know that other people did that too. I thought it was just weird. Uh, visualization that's a simple tool of visualization because like what you think you become so you know when we feed into imagining the best version of ourselves we start feeding into that and the reason i choose that every time is because i could also very easily start feeding into the worst version of myself and get really negative and down on my life right so for me having a tangible like where am i oh am i like focusing on the worst parts of my life right now am i like not gracious for all i've been given Mm -hmm. let me tangibly go back to that highest vision of myself in the future that because I feed into that, like you literally will become that what you think you become Buddha. Yeah. And he said that himself, right? So that's yeah. a philo- philosophically sound, I would say. That's awesome, man. Dude, I want to give you a hug right now. 
right. Now, so to close this out, because I really want people to grab some value from this because, I, and I think we've already done so much of that, but so someone wanting, they're already on the fence about starting this new nonprofit, this new idea. Can you give us like one or two tangible things that they can do right off the bat right now to get started? Yes, that, that would be what I mentioned earlier. Do you have a, an iMac? Do you have a MacBook, a laptop? Whatever you have, start a folder. Or if you don't want to do it on a computer, write it down. But designate a space for yourself because that space that you designate should be in line with the best and highest ver- vision of yourself, right? So if you could create a space for that, no matter, it, you don't even have to have a name, just like create a folder like my greatest ideas, you know, or write it down, but every day start adding one thing to it and add things that you're passionate about, the things that really drive you. Because one thing I realized after doing that is the things that drive you drive everybody else just in different ways, right? So that's the thing about trying to inspire is the people who are seeking inspiration and giving it, they have very similar ways in how they inspire. Hence, this podcast and how we could come from completely different backgrounds and you know barely know each other, but then look at how many things just line up, you know. Mm-hmm. And that um, that would be the piece of advice: just to get started, designate a space for yourself to be able to be creative from the highest version of yourself. And try to make it something that can add to the world, not just add to your ego. Because sometimes if we get lost in that, the intention will get lost Absolutely. too, right? Yeah. Yeah, that is, uh, that's something to be careful of because it's very easy with social media, with you know attention or growth to lose sight of why you started something. And I made that mistake. I will say I made that mistake at some point in my social, with my social media blogging. I lost track of why I was doing it and I kind of got sucked into the numbers games a little bit. And at some point again, I I refocused on that and I've noticed since I've refocused on why I started doing this, you know, because I want to inspire people to show them the journey that I've been on and what's possible. You know, I've shared all of my setbacks and things like that because I want people to see, you know, what's possible. which, by the way, inspired me so much. You actually sharing like the things that you're going through as a med student, which everybody goes through in life. We all have one connecting thread that's failure. Like we all will fail in life, but yeah. seeing someone like you actually be vulnerable and sharing, like, hey, like this is what I'm going through right now. Didn't you see how many people like reached out and were yeah. like, hey, man, like I've been going through the same thing, and like you know, you just kind of not acting like someone you're not and just being real with where you're at like that's what it's all about you know just being authentic with who you are and that doesn't mean we're perfect that just means we're human and we're okay with our with our shortcomings right so i continue i'm sorry i appreciate that man thank you thank you so much um but yeah you know i tried to uh i tried to be real with everything and you know it's kind of counterintuitive because we do the counterintuitive things that end up having the most because nobody wants to share their failure, yet when you share the failure, which is like the thing nobody wants to do, it ends up bringing the most joy, like the most value to people because, you know, they, everybody's secretly failing but not sharing, you know, what they're going through. And then once you do, you realize all the people that reach out to you and say, you know, I'm going through something similar or this has helped me in so many ways. And then you become their motivation or their inspiration and to see that, you know, somebody's done it before, it's possible to do it. Um, I love how we keep going on tangents off of everything. Oh, fail yeah. forward, man. I, yeah. I definitely just, I've realized that when I acknowledge my failures and I share them with my the people I mentor and I'm mm-hmm. vulnerable and I just show them that I'm a human being, not only does the failure lose its power over me, where I'm not holding on to that anymore. Yeah. I feel like I've let it out. I can move on and <clears throat> learn from the failure. But then when we actually share it, most people are human. So they're going to share commonalities in that. Again, win-win, right? Yeah. So it's just... Yeah, absolutely, man. Dude, it's been such a great conversation. And, you know, I always like to end this show with, uh, you know, asking our guests how they go beyond medicine because to so many people it means so many different things. And, you know, Dude, you're obviously an example of somebody who goes beyond medicine every day. Could you just share with us what it means to you? 
yeah, going beyond medicine. I love that. So I, I pray every day, and I would have to say going beyond medicine, it, it means uh, going to my true purpose, which which I can only find through God, right? And, you know, if, for the people who are going to be watching this video, you'll see Muhammad Ali right here. And what I'd like to share, what going beyond medicine means to me, it has something to do with what Muhammad Ali once said. So when Muhammad Ali was 22 years old, he won the world title, the world heavyweight title. And um, when the microphone was put in front of his face, he said, I am the greatest. No one can touch me. I must be the greatest, you know? And it was so amazing because he was a young king. He was on the rise and nothing could stop him, right? Flash forward 30 years, Muhammad Ali got Parkinson's and Muhammad Ali himself said, I used to say, I am the greatest. Now God gave me this disease, Parkinson's, to remind me that God is the greatest, right? And for me, uh, for the people who aren't religious out there, I just believe there's there's a connecting thread between all things, right? And that connecting thread is connected to you. And we, we always have access to that, right? And for me to go beyond medicine, it means to go towards faith. I love it, man. Love that. It's beautiful. Thank you so much, Nev. How can how can our audience connect with you? Where can they find you? How can they donate to Metspiration and get involved with your guys' mission and your goals? Can you tell us about a bit about that? Yeah, so we're we're currently going through a lot of expansion as an organization. So to learn more, you could go to medspired.org. That's our website. So you guys can find information there and you guys can donate through there as well. Please follow our social handles, which is Medspiration. Uh, it's on my t-shirt, M-E-D, Spiration, like inspiration. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. Uh, a lot of our communication with the world is directly through a social platform, which is different, but it works great because you always have access to reaching out to us. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Appreciate you, Dr. Nav. And uh, we'll talk again soon, man. Definitely talk That's again peace. soon. Thank you. Hey podcast, thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope we brought you some practical, good advice that you can apply to your life. Guys, if you could please do us the favor of sharing this, telling people about it, leaving us a comment, subscribing, all that will help us grow and will help us spread our message. Also, if you'd like to support our podcast, you can go to our website and click support and it will help us grow this podcast and continue doing what we are doing and bringing you more high quality guests like the one you just heard. Thank you guys. Peace.